Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Reading Radio Podcast. I am Jason. And I'm Alara. And this month, we are reading Frank Herbert's Dune, a sci-fi classic that I have tried to read on several occasions and have never gotten through before. Until now. Until now. Because I had to. No, no, I actually really enjoyed it. Once I finally got into it, I really did enjoy it. We don't have to talk about all that quite yet. What we can talk about is what have you been doing? You're writing anything interesting or? Honestly, I've been busy with a lot of schoolwork, so I haven't been writing a lot. Okay. I have one of my first big college classes going on as we're recording. College? Wait, you're only 15. (laughs) That was so corny. I know, right? Taking digital photography at a local college. And it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. I've seen some of your pictures. They're actually pretty good. Maybe you could throw a couple up on the Instagram or Twitter feed just to... What are you reading outside of Dune? Because I know it took you a long time, which is not like you. Um, I just started The Fifth Wave. I cannot remember the author right now, but it's an alien, alien invasion, post-apocalyptic. Okay. It's good so far. About Any... halfway done. Okay. What have you been reading outside the podcast? Uh, I'm reading... I forget which one it is. It's the next book in the Keeper of the Lost Cities. It's the one where she's on the cover and she's floating above Keith and Fitz and she's got like lightning bolts coming out of her forehead. Do you know which one that is? Flashback? Sure, we'll go with that one. Flashback sounds right. One of them. (laughs) Yeah. I've read them all so like I'm reading straight through them but I don't really look at the covers. I don't know why. So we did Keeper of the Lost Cities a year ago maybe. Yeah, last season. And um, it's... It's a good series, so I've just been getting through it a little slower than everybody else did, because I don't have the obsessive-compulsive must-plow-through gene, obviously, because I've <laughs> quit Dune three times before this. Yeah. Um, past that, uh, show's going really well. We appreciate everybody who's out there supporting us. We're kicking off our sh- the season four last month with our biggest month of downloads ever. Um, that's been, That's gone really well. If you're interested in our podcast, which you are because you're listening, thank you again, I'd like to recommend The Story Station. It is a young group of girls putting together news stories based on fictional characters. It's really cute, really interesting. They have amazing British accents. I hope I'm getting it right because I know some people in Britain, like if they're Irish or whatever, I get the, get the, get the, uh, the accents confused. So I'm sorry if I'm offending you girls, but I really enjoyed your podcast. So check out The Story Station. You can find that on Apple Podcasts uh, or anywhere probably you find good podcasts. All right? Now, for those of you who aren't terribly familiar with, with uh, our show, maybe you're a first-time listener, we'd like to discuss some of the broader aspects of the book before we jump into any spoiler time, uh, into the spoiler zone. So we'll talk first maybe about uh, score one to five, one being nobody should ever read this book, we should burn all copies, and five being everybody should be forced to read this book at gunpoint. Uh, what would you say is the score of Frank Herbert's Dune, keeping in mind that this is a piece of sci-fi masterpiece, according to most people? I think I'll give it a 3.5. Yeah, you're shy about that answer now, aren't you? (laughs) You made it, like, have risk involved now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. People may write us hate mail, but at least they're writing to us. I mean... (laughs) That would be all publicity is good publicity? Is that what people say? That's all, yes. There's no such thing as bad press. Um, Yeah, it was harder to get into, and I don't think I'd reread it. No? Maybe once I'm older. Okay, let's let's hold hold that thought for story time or spoiler time. No, I was thinking of the podcast earlier because there's yeah I want to talk about why I would reread it. And Your score. My score. Uh, I'm actually going to go four. Uh, I really enjoyed it once once I get once I get into it and we got into some of the main story plot. I thought it was really interesting. 
So we'll go with that. And then age-wise, what would you give? Like, what would you recommend the reading age be for this book? Difficulty of reading was higher. Just understanding everything. Yeah, I mean, you so maybe, you're not usually challenged by the books no. that you read. So this maybe fifteen or sixteen. You have to say fifteen because that's your age, right? No, I can rate it higher than I am. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't because of any content. Like yeah. there wasn't anything. I don't remember there being anything gruesome. Yeah, nothing would require like a trigger warning. Um, it was just it's a difficult read. I think mm-hmm. if you were if you were listening to it, it was probably easier, especially the voice the voice acting done on the version that I listened to was really good. They had some different act, different voices for each of the characters that kind of made things stand out. Although it didn't always following who the characters were based on. I switched back and forth between the ebook and the audiobook. And, oh no! Yeah, like reading Bene Gesserit in two different, like and then hearing Bene Gesserit or hear the names of the characters and then reading the names. It, there was some confusion there, but I eventually figured it out. Uh, I'd probably say I'd probably say fifteen or sixteen too, just because I think I tried to read it maybe in college. I think somebody actually I remember somebody I worked with gave me a copy and said you have to read this book you'll love it and it sat on my bookshelf after I tried to read it once for another few years until I moved a few times and I think I threw it away so I owe him an apology if I ever find him again I don't remember his name now so I'm sorry if you're listening alright we're going to head into the spoiler zone we're going to talk about the book in detail if you don't like to be spoiled Please don't listen to this any further. If you do, you've been warned it's not our fault. So how about that? Sounds good. Okay, so the reason I would go back and read it again is because of the, the historical references that are made at the top of the chapters, mm-hmm. I would, now that I understand at least the first book, I'd like to go back and kind of read those and see what all they were saying about the different characters, about Paul, and about, they're using, now I'm blanking, they're using Paul's uh, name Paul got later, the mouse, mm-hmm. the translation of the mouse in the Fremen language. And so you don't recognize that they're talking about Paul until, until the, end. the end. And now it's like, okay, I got to go back and, re-wa- and reread it now to find to, to understand all of that a little bit. That was my thought. Maybe I will. Just about rereading it anyway. Yeah. So w- what made it so difficult for you to get into it? There were a lot of names thrown at you at once, so it was kind of confusing to keep those all straight. And then the way the story kept switching. Oh, between like the, the Harkonnens and the Atreides. a little bit difficult. Do you think, so we, you showed me a video that was a TED Talk on why you should read Dune. It's really good. If you haven't checked it out, go to YouTube, check it out. Um, do you think if you had watched something like that first, it would have helped you understand it better? I think so. It was definitely beneficial afterwards to be able to like um, remember everything because it has been a hot second since I finished it. So maybe like a little cheat sheet? Yeah. That's why I'm like... Okay, so when I was a kid, we had Cliff's Notes. They were called little yellow books that you had to go to the bookstore and buy. They were supposed to help you through you difficult... You had to buy a book to read a book? Yes. I'm old. So there was, you'd get these things, and theoretically, you would read them along with the book so that you could understand. Um, mm-hmm. Practically, nobody read the book. You got the Cliff's Notes, so you didn't have to read the book that you were trying to read. Like... Uh, what well, it was Great Gatsby, I had I read the Cliff's Notes for, and Walden, which I find I listen to a lot now, only because Calm has excerpts from Walden. It's great to fall asleep to, which <laughs> I knew from high school. <laughs> but anyway, so that something like that might help with the with if we do more challenging texts in the future. Yeah, I did have to go back and look at it to like jog my memory and make sure I kept things straight. There was a few times I had to look up characters too because there were some that were. They seemed important, but weren't as fully developed. 
And here's where I'll get in trouble with the Dune fanatics, because I'm going to try to say these names the way I remember them in the audiobook, but they might not be right. So, like, Duncan Idaho, that's easy. Gurney Halleck and... Those three guys were introduced very quickly, and I couldn't keep them straight to save my life. I think what actually might have helped was to watch the trailer for the new... Movie. movie, which I'm like really excited about. We'll probably do a book versus movie comparison after the movie, or at least a re- quick review of the movie on the show. I'm excited for the movie. It looks like, very exciting. Right, but then I would have known, okay, Duncan Idaho is Jason Momoa. <laughs> um, Gurney Halleck is uh, it's another famous person. I'm just blanking on his Anyway, I would have been able to recognize pictures. Usually I don't like to see the characters ahead of time because I want my own pictures. But this might have been helpful. Beneficial to keep the characters straight. I think I saw the trailer halfway through, and it kind of helped separate the characters because yeah. then they had something to go with. To give you that distinction. Yeah. Right. So when did you start to get into it? Did you ever? or did you just like About get... halfway through. Okay. Like what point in the story? started getting interesting when Paul and Jessica were in the desert. Oh, we are in spoilers. I was like, okay, yeah, we're, so spo- so we're in the spoilers. Zone. Um, being chased by the sandworm. Okay. I think for me it got it was a little bit earlier than that when when the Atreides started to lose the war and I realized that this was going to be a, a book about intrigue and espionage and that kind of war mm-hmm. that was taking place more behind the scenes than outright than, battle. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed that kind of subterfuge book written well, and this was written very well. One of the things I, that was interesting, um, do you remember what the the YouTube video said about? Him build uh, Frank Herbert building his world took him five years to build the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Because he is actually an, an uh, environmentalist. Yeah. And so that I can't imagine putting that much into the world because I don't remember that. I mean, I remember it being a part of it, but definitely not five years worth of research part. Well, there's six books. Oh yeah, I forgot about like so, the rest. Of them. Yeah, I'm sure the. Children of Dune and whatever else, I can't, I don't know the names of them all. When they come in, there's probably, I heard it spans a thousand years, so Dune may not even be a desert planet. Like, it might have been, like, who knows? It might have had a more complex ecosystem, or more of it might have been revealed. It would have been kind of interesting. That makes sense. It's definitely interesting to see, like, that much thought put into it. Yeah. Back in the day, people really dug in. I mean, Tolkien created entire, like, elvish language was, he knew, he had it completely done. Of course, that was before TV. People had a lot more time on their hands. People had time to read the books, too, which is why they're bigger. Yes. I mean, you got a book, you, you got a month's worth of entertainment, and that's all you could do, but maybe. You might read faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> but Lord of the Rings took me a little bit. Anyway, it's just kind of interesting to, to think about how you dig into creating a, a world for a story to take place. What did you think of the Harkonnens? It was interesting. The um, Having the... Having the two families separate, but have the intertwined, like the interactions in between them were interesting because you could tell the Harkins were trying to act, like put on a facade of being completely supportive. Mm-hmm. But then behind the back, they were like, yeah, we're totally wrong. Like, they're wrong about this. We're going to go do this behind their back. But they think we trust them. So right. sucks to be them. Well, yeah, it's that kind of intrigue that makes, makes it interesting, right? Like on the face of it, we're going to be completely honorable. So there's plausible deniability. But behind the scenes, we're scheming and plotting and making mm-hmm. something happen. That makes it fun. Definitely one way to get things done, rather than just like, I object. Right. That Which is. is much easier to get put down that way. Right. Especially when you, we have an emperor who just decides everything. Mm-hmm. So. 
What did you think early on with Paul taking the tests of the Bene Gesserit? Did that make any sense to you, or had you not gotten into it well enough? I don't think it made sense at the time, but going back and watching the videos where it kind of broke things down and explained it, it's interesting that they would put him, a male, through that when typically it's something reserved for the females. Well, didn't, didn't they say Jessica had kind of set him up for that? She'd been training him, so people had an idea that he had some Bene Gesserit powers. Oh, yeah. So she, she was... She kind had, of controlling him. Yeah, she had... Strings. Apparently they could control what kind of baby they had, so she had a boy. To try but, to see if it was possible, maybe? Uh, yeah, so I'm, hopefully that's covered a little bit more in the background of the other books. So what were the... Um, what else caught my attention up front? It was interesting having him, his perspective, the way it was told while that was happening. Mm, yeah. Kind of the internal conflict of wanting to let go, but knowing that would be more detrimental. Than yeah, his death. Pain. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's more detrimental. I wasn't wrong. This pain is going to, or this test is going to be painful, but if you fail, I kill you. <laughs> like, that's some incentive to you know, make it work. Go through. People can do miraculous things when they're threatened with death. All right, so the early parts, I think I said, were a little confusing. I, I don't know that I really got into it until right when the intrigue starts to happen. Um, did you think they were going to survive the desert? I mean, I assume so because they're like, okay, this is the main characters. They've killed everybody else. I thought Jessica was going to die. Yes. I thought Jessica was going to die and Paul was going to make it. Somehow. Did you did you see how did, did you see how they were going to survive ahead of time? No, I did not. No. When they, uh... I just figured plot-wise it wouldn't make sense to kill, the, <laughs> like, those important characters. They're gonna, they're gonna survive via the plot convenience store? Exactly. That would, well, when they, when the Fremen find them, and we, oh, that was another good one. When you start to understand that the Fremen aren't just, like... Savages? Yeah, unintelligent savages yeah. of some kind. But they're actually very highly evolved to that particular world, um, and that the... I guess the way he wrote the culture, I was thinking, what would a culture be like where water was that important? And so their whole saying of the body belongs to the family, but the water belongs to the tribe. So they would dehydrate the bodies in some way to to get all the water out of it because it was that important. What else would your world be like? What would your culture be like where water, like they don't even cry. You have to teach the babies to cr- not to cry from such a young age. Right. You don't waste water. That's wasting water. Why would you do... Like, that whole mindset of... He, he actually thought about those kind of things and how it would impact a culture. That's the kind of writing that is important because it really brings the thing to life. The Fremen seemed real mm-hmm. because their culture was, was legitimate. It wasn't just... This happens yeah, because l- I say so. Or, like, yeah, let's attach a few weird concepts. Well, they do these weird things. Well, why do they do those weird things? It's because... It's they weird. To. It's weird to us because we have a shower. Like it's, it would not be weird to them because no, a culture birthed in the desert. It's gonna. This would be a thing. Take care of water the best they can. Yeah, I wonder if there's our like desert cultures that had some of these similar traditions and some. I mean, they couldn't dehydrate the bodies effectively as a sci-fi culture could. I'm sure, but. It'd be interesting to look into. Yeah, it'd be a challenge. So what? What was your favorite scene? Let's go with favorite that. Favorite scene. I think I liked the funeral scene for. I'm not going to remember his name. The one Paul killed in the battle. Yeah. Starts with a J. Uh-huh. Jameis. That's J- what it was. Jameis. That's it. Yeah. The S- funeral for that was interesting um, to see their customs. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was a, it was nice that 
when they're going around the circle saying things, like Jameis was my friend, I think was the saying, mm-hmm. and Paul just kept skipping over. Because I was, if I'm not mistaken, the first person he'd killed. Yeah. Right? So it was a big... Like, I remember him asking, do you yield, thinking that... That was something they could do. But not in a harsh culture. Like, no, this is life or death. We're going to figure it out. But him finally stepping forward and crying. Mm-hmm. And the thought, having the thought process while it was going on, like, the almost anxiety of not knowing the custom. Like, am I supposed to say something? I just killed this man. But... Yeah. And then having the shock of everyone else when he did start crying... That's kind of the first time Paul realizes, and I think I realized too, how much of a, like, how much of a big deal something like that is. To kill somebody? To cry oh. in that society. No, killing someone. Oh, I think I knew that. Okay, good deal. I've raised you somewhat well. <laughs> but it was interesting, definitely, to that um, scene explained a lot of their culture. Yeah. Altogether. But not with, um, not with just having him, you know, somebody say it to somebody else. He didn't tell him. He, he showed. showed them. And another thing that make I think makes this brilliant, but it it does make it more difficult to like on a difficult not difficult. It makes it a deeper reading level. Mm. Like you can't just read the explanation of. Of course, you can in the appendix, but you don't just read the explanation of this is how the fremen think. No, you have to interpret that based on the actions that they have and why they act that way. Which once I got into it, I was. And they reduced the number of characters by half. <laughs> it made it much easier. And then they get to, when they get to the village and Paul's like, introduces this woman that's going to be his wife. It's like, kind of do a double take. Wait, what? And right, she's, Paul's, what, 15? Yeah. At that time? And she's just cool with it. She's what? like, this is my second, third husband now. Well, you do, the things you grow up in are not strange to you. Mm-hmm. They're just normal. That's one thing the Fremen didn't seem to get. That they they never bothered explaining the culture. Paul was just expected to catch up and catch on. Like, they didn't recognize that other people may live differently. Which most people don't. You just don't think about it. But I'm sure there's things that we do. Like, I've seen articles on Facebook, whatever. Like, things Americans do that Europeans think are crazy and weird. Like, we put ice in everything. They don't drink cold drinks. Gross. Right? <laughs> you don't put ice in your soda. <laughs> but it's chilled. Fair. But, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's the first thing off the top of my head. I'm sure there's other things yeah, that we probably. do, right? Like, the first time somebody told me about a bidet, I thought that was weird. But and here you are. Nah, I like them. So, <laughs> I, wouldn't go, like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go like a barbarian if I had a chance. Go like a barbarian. <laughs> there we are, that excess of water again. That's it. We have excess of water. All right. So, what did, why do you think this book has been around as long as it has? Why, why is it a, a classic? I don't know. I'm never good at like figuring out why something stays along so long. Maybe because it was one of the first things like it. I mean, sci-fi's been around since Jules Verne in the late 1800s. Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's a ton of what they call pulp fiction written, you know, at the turn of this, later than well, 1910s, 1920s. Maybe it's the first one that was as fully developed. That could be it. Maybe it was somewhat unique in that they didn't use computers. It wasn't like, it really wasn't hard sci-fi like Star Trek or like Star Trek. So now sci-fi nerds will be all over me. But What do you mean? Everything can't be answered by using the computer. Mm. They didn't really have, they had yeah. the Mentats. But those weren't like computers. They were human computers, but they weren't 
yeah, they weren't computers. They weren't big. I mean, they had their bigger weapons and lasers, but they didn't use, you know, they still use swords and shields, but, you know, electric shields to do. So it still brought like a medieval element to it and still had that, like I said, that, that culture of intrigue and development. So I, that's why I liked it. Anyway. I keep coming back to that. Maybe I'm wrong. You guys tell us um, in the comments on the on reading-radio.com, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, wherever you're like us. Tell us why you why you like this book if you did. And if not, tell us why you didn't like it. But uh, Mr. Detweiler, who recommended this book 15 times to me and said I had to read it, uh, I expect to hear from you. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Anything else to, to add there? I can't think of anything else to cover in the book. I think we covered everything pretty well. One thing we can't talk about. Movie comes out uh, from the time this releases, 22 days. What are you most looking forward to seeing in the movie? I think I'm excited to see the Freeman culture. Like, see their home and their village come to life. Yeah. So Zendaya plays his real wife or his girlfriend, whatever her name is. Mm. Oh, I'm totally blanking. The doctor's daughter. Yeah. City? Chani. Yes. You'd think we would actually have a list of characters handy and review it ahead of time, but sometimes when the books take a while to read, some of us forget what happened in them by the time we get to recording. (laughs) We'll try to read them more in parallel next time. Anyway, I want to see the sandworms. I'm excited about those. They haven't shown them in the trailer. They've done, like, just close enough. That you... They're treating it like a horror movie. They're never going to show you the bad guy good. in a horror movie. So, yeah. I want to see how that goes. Uh, and I want to see that final scene. Mm. It got a little blurry to me. And I'm not sure if because I was reading at night or you know, some other reason. But I want to see that final scene where everything's kind of laid out. It was the only time he really used the... Uh, the prose form of explaining everything. Because Paul was just laying out everything to everybody on how things are going to go. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Plus, I like, I mean, I like Bautista. I like Jason Moa. Yeah, they got a pretty big cast for it. Well, because Dune is huge. People want to be a part of it. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm excited for it. We'll definitely have to do some sort of review when we go to watch it. Yes. On that line, if you're going to join us for our next book, since we are going to be, it will be posting the 1st of November and it's Halloween season, we are going to take a look at a classic bit of gothic horror that Alora has never read and I haven't read for a while. And that is... Dracula. By? A person. Brom Stoker's Dracula. I've got the audiobook. It's really good. It's well done. Keanu Reeves, I know, does a part of it. I think it's actually dramatized, so each character kind of plays their part. I might have to listen to that so yeah. I get through it a bit faster this well, time. Well, and it's told through a series of journal entries and letters. and so Ooh, that as I, sounds interesting. Yeah, it's a really neat way to tell a story. And then it blows away some of the... You think you know vampires, but Dracula's the original, and there's things in Dracula that I forgot about. No, not going to spoil anything now. Where I was like, oh, that's different than every other vampire myth you're familiar with. So if you haven't actually read it before, it's really interesting to read just to see how how things have come along. And of course, I, in my younger days, portrayed Dracula on the stage. Oh, you did? I have a sweet spot for him. So November's book, November 1st, we'll read Bram Stoker's Dracula. And uh, we need to get the list out. Then it'll be your turn to pick because we need a newer book. We haven't read a newer book in a minute. Well, we did uh, Shadow and Bone. That was the first one this season. That was the first one this season. So that's newer. And then we'll I do two classics. Then I get to pick a newer one. Get to pick a newer one. We'll see what's going on. All right. Until then, we wish you all the best and happy reading. Happy reading.
Reading Radio is a podcast released under a Creative Commons 3.0 share-alike license. The music that you're now hearing is by Kevin McLeod of Income Tech, also released under Creative Commons share-alike attribution license, which means you can use this show for any non-commercial purpose as long as you give us credit. All notes and anything else you'd want to find out about Reading Radio can be found at reading-radio.com. If you head over there, you can subscribe to this podcast as well as join our Facebook group where you can contribute to telling us what books we should read because Reading Radio is all about bringing families and friends together through a mutual love of young adult literature, and we'd love for you to join us. Happy reading. Happy reading.